Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Well, there's only one man that can strike like a bike. And only one man that can rise through hellfire and brimstone. And one man I believe in. But the man that's going to be the man in the WWE is my man, John Cena. Mr. Ric Flair, you have named your pick for Battleground. Can you explain to me why you made that pick? Because he's been the world champion 15 times. Hello, 15 world titles is a lot to grab a hold of in a 10 or 12-year span. I think John's going to be tough to beat. He's got a hold of it, and catching it sometimes is a lot harder than keeping it. Bottom line. Any thoughts on Roman Reigns? Well, hey, I can't help but love that kid. Who doesn't? He's handsomer than I was when I was 30. Or whatever he is. But, uh, you know, he just, he's got the gift. He's got the genes. I mean, he's, he's awesome. But so is Kane, and so is Randy Orton. I mean, I love Randy Orton. I mean, it's going to be a hell of a match. These fans are going to see a great, great match. All right, let's change gears. Take me back to Saturday. MSG, Charlotte. Charlotte. Well, I'm more of a bias, but I think she and Sasha stole it. They were awesome. I mean, they had two great opponents, and Mickey Bella and, and Natty, but, uh, you know, I'm so proud of my daughter. I mean, it was a great match, and I think that match stole the show. And coming from me, that <laughs> even though it's a little biased opinion, it, that's how I feel. It was awesome. That's okay. I think you've earned the right to be a little biased. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much. And good evening, everybody, and thank you for listening to King Jordan Radio for Tuesday night, July 15th, 2014. This is your host, King Jordan. And I want to remind you fans, tomorrow night at 9 p.m. East, 6 p.m. West, we will have Allison Hope Weiner from uh, the host of uh, the Lip TV and um, many other uh, great shows. She's a lawyer. We're going to talk about the uh, guy, the dad that's being accused of suffocating his poor son to death and uh, Aaron Hernandez and many other stories. Don't forget that. Follow the show at Mr. King Jordan and King Jordan Radio on Facebook. Follow us in the group at King Jordan Radio fans and guests. 
Okay, now, tonight on the show, I will address the rumor of CM Punk possibly going to TNA. Yes, you've heard me correctly. Same person who said Sting would be in the WWE a couple years ago. But there's also news about Sting, and here to discuss that with us is the one and only from Chicago. He'll break down the video game, which is uh, it turned out to be. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Double J, JJ. Good evening, JJ, and welcome to King Jordan Radio. How are you? What's up, King? In fact, I'm really glad you brought up CM Punk because just a few minutes ago, CM Punk took towards his Twitter account and he wrote to the fans because as a lot of WWE fans know, if you watched Monday Night Raw yesterday, they were doing that one-week uh, free trial of the WWE Network. And today, Tuesday, after main event, they are airing a special two-hour look at CM Punk's career they're going to be showing the Best in the World DVD that was released last year, but it'll be the first time that it ever airs on the WWE Network or has ever been seen or released by the WWE. And it is on tonight after main event, CM Punk, Best in the World. And as I mentioned before, CM Punk just took to Twitter and he wrote, Nope, thank you. Thanks for all the help and support through the years, health and happiness above all. Don't ever take shit from anybody. So CM Punk saying thank you to the fans who have supported him over the last uh, almost 10 years since he signed on with the WWE. He was a part of OVW and a part of WWE for the last eight or nine years. So him thanking the fans, he's been getting uh, overwhelming uh, tweets from fans thanking him for everything that he did for the WWE, especially in light of the WWE Network airing the CM Punk Best in the World tonight after main event. Well, I'll give you my theory about that in just a second and why they're airing that. It's sort of like the LeBron James situation, but we mm-hmm. do have our co-host, uh, if you will. Let's go over to line two. This is either Dominic or Blackjack. Line two, your line is open. Yo, what's up, King? JJ, what's hey. up? This Dominic. is Dominic Valente at the Wrestling Hot Seat at 212-629-1900. Good evening, Dominic, and how are you? Doing good. How are you guys doing tonight? All right, man. Okay. Let's see if the almighty uh, Blackjack Brown is on hand. Uh, Mr. Brown, your line is open if you are there. Blackjack, King. are you with me? Brother King, Dominic, hey. Brother JJ. Blackjack, what's up, bro? How's it going? All right. Jack, great to hear from you, man. Same here. Great to hear from you. How's the weather over there in... Uh, it's the beautiful. You got all kinds of uh, hurricanes coming along this path, so we're, we're bound yeah, to have something here. Yeah. Wow. And you, Dominic, I know you're uh, not far from me, but it's raining over here now. I don't know about you. That's how it starts. It's pouring over here. <laughs> wow, pouring everywhere. Right here. And it's been so humid, too, right, Dom? 
Yeah, really, Early really in. sticky. You need the air conditioner on for sure. Well, hey, man. Uh, how about you, JJ? How is it over there in Chi-Town? Oh, besides a little bit of rain, it is beautiful. You can leave your windows open. It's about 60 degrees. You'd think that it was winter coming. It was, it's unbelievable how cool it is here. You know, it's crazy because uh, it's not the weather channel, but I will, <laughs> I will get into it because during the year it was so freaking cold, and Dominic, you could attest to this as being a New Yorker, it was freezing every night. So yeah, it was a miserable winter. To you, would you rather have the heat or would you rather have the cold? I'd rather have the heat. I'd rather have the cold. Just yep. so you can dress up and snuggle up with somebody. <laughs> yeah, but you got nobody to snuggle day. up with. It's fucking lonely, Jack. As you get older, you <laughs> shouldn't get to that, bro. Oh, all right. All right, let's start off with the CM Punk situation. I am reporting that CM Punk has interest in TNA. Now, JJ, uh, why don't you re- say exactly what he said on Twitter? Well, CM Punk uh, just tweeted a few moments ago. He went on a Twitter account, and a lot of fans have been thanking him, saying, thank you, CM Punk. There's a hashtag going on on Twitter because WWE Network is airing the Best in the World DVD. They're airing it for the first time on the WWE Network. And like I said, fans are thanking Punk, and Punk responded on his Twitter account by saying, nope, thank you. Thanks for all the help and support through the years. Health and happiness above all. Don't ever take shit from anybody. That's what he just wrote on his Twitter account. Wow. And uh, you're right. I am looking at Twitter right now. It is trending. Now, I want to go purely hypothetical around the panel. Purely hypothetical. What match if CM Punk wound up in TNA? I'll start with you, J.J., first, then Dominic. What match or matches would you like to see him in if he joins well, TNA? For me, that's easy. Yeah. I would want to see him renew his uh, rivalry with his good uh, old buddy over there, Samoa Joe. CM Punk, Samoa Joe, they would have a tremendous rivalry. I could see them producing some great matches back from their Ring of Honor days. I think it would be tremendous. I mean, CM Punk mixing with anyone. There's lots of people on that roster who he's never really had the opportunity to tangle with. You know, as you mentioned, uh, Kurt Angle, you know, his contract is kind of up there. I mean, there's guys like Bobby Lashley. There's guys like James Storm, a TNA original. You know, they got some new guys there like, you know, Ethan Carter or especially Bubba Ray. I'm Bully Ray and CM Punk. I oh, think yeah, I didn't think about that. Bully Ray and CM Punk would tear the house down. Exactly. Dominic, what about you? Yeah, Bully Ray and I CM Punk, it. definitely. Punk and Joe. Punk and Eric Young. Punk is just that good that he can get in there with anybody. Eric Young. EY, yep. that's right. That would be fucking awesome. Blackjack. Purely hypothetical, would CM Punk change the ratings for TNA if he went there, A? And if he did go there, who would you like to see him feud with? If anything, if it did happen, I'd like to see him in a, him in a match against Devon or, uh, or Bubba. Devon, another one. Show. 
Well, tweet me your uh, your 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 fan matches. These are some amazing ones, especially EY. I mean, that that Austin would be an amazing five star match. What's that? Austin Aries versus CM Punk. Austin Aries, yes. I'm pretty sure the guys that they have met, and uh, and finally this Thursday, Blackjack, they'll be showing for the first time which it seems like it's about a year now, <laughs> the TV to television tapings from New York, mm. you know, it was still at, uh, and I was talking to Dominic over the weekend, uh, mm. that uh, he thought it was at New York, I thought it was at New York, but it was still in Pennsylvania, right, Dominic? Yeah, we spoke over the weekend. I said, no, nah, they, they're in New York already. The set looked entirely different. And, uh, when you played me back the, uh, the the audio, they said Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. And I said, oh, all right, got to change my notes. Yeah. So when I spoke to the photographer, Bobby Mulrennan, he said that um, Taz was only in New York, and he did a two-minute promo, and that was it. Yeah. Neither of the two guys were even in Bethlehem. So that's why they haven't shown the announce table. So they do voiceovers, basically, right? Yeah, they, yeah, yeah. They did the voiceovers, which surprised so Black me. Jack, which night was he there? Day one, two, or three, Taz? One. Do you remember? One. Day one. I tell you, they 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 could have used him for something. I mean, put him with Dixie or put him with something. I mean, they had Dreamer. It looks like they had, the next stage of the game. They want to get in and get out. Yeah, no, I hear you on that, but they had the whole ECW alumni. You know, Taz would have been perfect in that, you oh, know, when Alex no team out and all that. You know, it's a memory for that. If need okay. be, they'll be doing it again. If need be, they may do it again in August. That's right. Okay, the other big story, Sting in the WWE, sort of. Uh, I we think we all addressed that issue right last week. You know, That's Jim right. Ross said it. Huh? Jim Ross said this is nothing but a video game thing. He and then he wrote, "I think," and he was right, JJ. Uh, but let's tell the gamers out there: oh, How do you get things? You have to pre-order it. Yeah, so actually I said it last week that it would most likely be Sting being announced as a part of WWE 2K15, the video game. And, yes, you can play as Sting. You can play as two versions of Sting. You can play as Sting who wears the, you know, the, the trench coat the, and the white makeup with the black, kind of the crow. You can play as the modern Sting. But you can and also then this is, as he was saying last week, this is the Legends deal. This is all from this Legends deal, like the Ultimate Warrior signed, uh, Jake the Snake Roberts. Uh, that's the contract that they signed before they signed any other major contract with being a part with the WWE. That's their way of taking care of uh, the old-timers, such as a Sting, Jake the Snake Roberts, uh, Kevin Nash, um, Ted DiBiase. All these guys are on the Legends deal. So this is why we're going to see this. Yeah, Sting, right. Sting, Sting isn't going to be tapping into this uh, 
WWE, as of yet, he's still got that uh, two-year deal with the, with the Legends contract. He hasn't signed over yet. That just made it affirmative on last Monday. Well, the uh, the thing, though, is though Sting is in great shape for a uh, 55-year-old man. And uh, like I said, he just wrestled eight months ago. And uh, he looked fabulous. He didn't look, you know, like Jim Knight or something like that. He looked like he was ready to go. I think he had Some the title not too long ago. Differently. They have a different weight uh, line going in. Uh, no question. Can't keep pairing these guys. Absolutely. Um, this Sunday is the pay-per-view. And, J.J., uh, the main event is, what, a fatal four-way? Yes, it is a fatal four-way for the WWE title. It is John Cena's oh, defending title. CM Punk removed from the WWE roster today. Wow. That's what Who? it says. Wow. Who? So maybe there is something to that. We'll what keep you posted. CM Punk was just removed from the WWE active roster uh, oh. 32 minutes ago. Uh, I wouldn't believe it because I got better sense. Well, well in fact, I mean, this is what they don't do nowadays. It's reported by the Bleacher Report. Which I is guess uh, the way they, they do stuff with these Twitter tweets parts and and what have you there. Can't believe all these so, things they put out here. It looks like, huh, King? So the the the, the name of the is called Battleground, right, JJ? Yes, it is Battleground is it? this Sunday. Okay, so we have uh, what is it? A fatal four-way. Yeah, there's eight matches set for the pay-per-view. As we mentioned, the main event is the fatal four-way for the WWE World Championship. John Cena defending his title against Randy Orton, Kane, and Roman Reigns stepping up to the plate. We also have Before I get your prediction on that, what was your reaction to Ric Flair giving John Cena the props, and do you think he'll be involved somehow? Well, I mean, it's a very... It's very possible. Ric Flair, you know, 16-time world champion. He should be a 20-time world champion, but there's four disputes on uh, when he lost the title internationally and it was stricken from the record. But, you know, everyone knows Ric Flair is the 16-time world champion. John Cena, the 15-time world champion in WWE. And, you know, it was kind of that passing of the guard. He put the champion, he gave him props, he put his stamp of approval. On John Cena. I mean, will we see Ric Flair involved in the match? I mean, who knows? Uh, I know they want to use Ric Flair more often on WWE programming while they have him. I mean, why wouldn't you want to use Ric Flair? And if you saw the, the match yesterday on Raw, John Cena handed Ric Flair the World Heavyweight Championship. Not the WWE title, but the, the infamous big gold belt that is synonymous with Ric Flair. That classic WCW that he held so many times. He gave him the belt, 
and then took off. So Ric Flair, you know, held the title, and a lot of fans are wondering whether or not they're going to retire that big gold belt or whether or not we'll see Cena come out with both titles this Sunday or just one title. I mean, who, who knows what they're going to do, but, you know, it definitely is. I hope to see more Ric Flair involved in WWE. Like I said, he's uh, amazing. You know, especially we've said it many times, there's lots of guys in the WWE who could really benefit from having a manager, someone to speak for them and put them over. It's a shame that there aren't enough guys who have someone like that. We take someone like Jack Swagger. Jack Swagger has all the potential in the world. He's a good wrestler. He has that legit credentials. But you give him the microphone, and he's kind of, eh. But then you team him up with Zeb Coulter, and they blew the roof off the joint yesterday. The place, and I don't know where the, the show was from. Was it Virginia or somewhere? But the fans were going nuts for Jack Swagger and Zeb Coulter, the real Americans, this whole we the people thing. It just really was at its peak yesterday. I was, I was surprised by it. It was so loud. It was almost like a deafening uh, yes chant for Daniel Bryan. So, I mean, managers play a big part in the role of superstar. So I hope that the WWE will use Ric Flair in some capacity. Yes, amen to that. Um, but as far as the main event, a, the uh, fatal four-way, uh, four I guess it is, right? Uh, yeah. Who is your prediction and why? Well, I would have to go with John Cena just because I'm already looking ahead at SummerSlam. They want Brock Lesnar versus John Cena. They don't want Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns. That's too soon. Roman hasn't done enough yet to really be at that level to go against Brock Lesnar, who just defeated the Undertaker's undefeated streak. You want your top guy to go against Brock Lesnar at SummerSlam. And unfortunately, whether you love him or hate him, the top guy in the WWE right now with Daniel Bryan Hurt is, of course, John Cena. Well, this is my opinion. With Kane, Orton, Reigns, and Cena, uh, maybe this is just wishful thinking, but... I am going to say that Mr. Reigns will become your new world champion. He's got a lot of moxie. People yeah. like him. They yeah. like his style. He's new. He's fresh. He's yeah. got. He's the only one out of the four that you haven't seen for the last decade in your face every week. And, uh, you know, that's me more wanting it than at my actual prediction, but if you're really going to pull a gun to my head, I'd say Cena, but for this, I'll say Rollins. Okay, Dominic, let's go over to you. Well, I'd like to see Kane do it. I really, really would. Kane has always been one of my favorites. He's done everything they asked with the mask, without the mask, the big red monster, Corporate Kane, the Big Red Machine, now it's the Red Demon Kane. I think it's about time that 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 Kane did something different. I mean, if you've been hearing the promos lately, it's all about trust. Triple H called Kane the other night a pawn, and he said he's our pawn, he's on our side. And basically he gave the same talk to Randy Orton, 
and he gave the same talk to Stephanie when they were all backstage. He told everybody the same the same thing. I think Kane is one of the most popular guys, and if Kane wins and turns into a fan favorite, it'll be great. But what does that say? Kane against Brock for for when they bring Brock back, will fans buy that? Fan. Or do they want to see Brock against Cena? The odds are probably going to be Cena to win it. I want Kane, but we don't always get what we want. Yeah, unfortunately, you're right on that. And Kane, the wily veteran who's been in the WWE for about 20 years now, uh, deserves a title. I'm I'm still upset the night where he won the title for one stinking freaking day in 98. I know everybody remembers that. Uh, and then he lost it the next night on Raw. Yep, yep. I remember that. you remember that, JJ? Well, you know, I do remember when he won it at the pay-per-view. He beat Stone Cold Steve Austin in a first blood match. And of course, he has the match, so how could he really lose? And then he lost it the next night on Raw. But there's one thing I know a lot of people tend to forget. They remember that match, that one match where he lost the title in 24 hours, but they forget when he won the world heavyweight title and he had a great feud with The Undertaker, his own brother. And throughout the years, we all know the history between Taker and Kane. Taker has always beaten Kane. At WrestleMania and other pay-per-views, Kane has always won. But when, or Undertaker always won. But when Kane was the world heavyweight champion, he actually beat The Undertaker on two consecutive pay-per-views. He even buried him alive. So Kane did have a sort of a good run as the world heavyweight champion. A lot of people missed that because, of course, back then you had the two brands, Raw and SmackDown. I remember that now that J.J. said it. Yeah. How soon we feel right. But the thing was, in 98, he was in his prime in terms of he was one of the main guys. He is what Cena is now. Kane, I don't know, it's just like Dominic says, you know, he works. He works his ass off. He's been there for, since day one, practically. And, uh, you know. Was Kane uh, ever on the injured list? Not to my knowledge. Yeah, I, I don't remember like... Kane being out for a significant amount of time. Yeah, more yeah. space. Really, knock wood. I don't, remember, I don't remember Kane ever being, like, with major surgery or major injury. You don't remember it with his eye? He had an eye injury. How long was he out when he had that? Uh, a few months. Oh. Uh. Yeah. And then he yeah. came back, but and then the eye was green. I mean, look at you know a guy that? like said He would take off a whole season for softball. They even made ribs. They even ripped him uh, oh, yeah. about that. Yeah, softball sit. Softball sit. <laughs> right. Oh, good Lord. Blackjack, in that fatal four-way, who is your pick? Roman Reigns. Wow. Yeah, I said Rollins before. That's, I meant to say Reigns. I stand corrected. He's got the look. Okay. You, you, you want to, I think at this point in time, they need a, uh, a quick star like that. I mean, even though he's been around a, a little bit. Uh, they need to put him in that kind of uh, projector spot. I mean, he's 
He uh, hugs the the the, uh, the turnbuckles pretty well. He, uh, a lot of his, his, his a lot of his cousin Rock is in, in him, and um, just uh, they. If I was in that predicament, I would like to see uh, Roman Reigns take it. He takes out a lot of people too at one time, and it, and, it, and it looks looks good. I agree with JJ. Okay. I think it's too soon for Roman Reigns. Yeah, I do too. But right now, who do you really got? You know, you you, you got stuff like uh, CM Punk dipping over uh, or trying to make a play for a TNA, which I don't really think. Um, eventually, I think it'll be uh, Punk into the WWE. They would they would uh, not even acknowledge them if WWE uh, had any other plans for him or if they wanted him out of the situation. As I said before, months ago, with, even with, with his new wife, uh, AJ, in, in the realm of things, as I said before, CM Punk is not too far away. Okay, another very intriguing match. will pit Dean Ambrose as he takes on Seth Rollins. JJ, let's go to you for your pick. Seth Rollins, Mr. Money in the Bank. He's another one of the, uh, as Dominic said, the pawns of the authority. You know, he's doing the authority's bidding. He's helping, you know, Randy Orton and Kane. And, you know, if they can't get the job done, he's their plan B. And yet they they may have a plan C. But for this particular match, I'm very excited to see Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose, the two uh, members of the Shield, finally clashing. Dean Ambrose, who is a wild card, he's unpredictable. I mean, he had such a great moment uh, yesterday on Raw during the intro in which they had John Cena and Roman Reigns sort of interacting with each other in the ring, kind of saying who's better than who. And then Dean Ambrose came on the uh, Titantron and said, when you guys are done arguing about who's the prettiest girl at the dance, you know, how about we kick some ass? And then here comes, you know, Orton and Rollins and Kane. They do a backstage beatdown, and they do the choke slam, the curb stomp, all these things to Dean Ambrose. And Ambrose is lying there, and he says, is that all you got? And yet they just come and hit him even harder. So Dean Ambrose, this guy always delivers. His promos, his matches, he's another one to look out. Uh, the fans are really sort of getting behind him, maybe not as much as Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns is, you know, he's main eventing. He's reached that level, and they're definitely pushing him to be the next guy. But I would definitely look out for Dean Ambrose. I hope Dean Ambrose beats Seth Rollins. I think uh, Rollins could really use the victory, especially, like I said, he's Mr. Money in the Bank. He shouldn't, you know, you know, go start and, you know, start losing matches. But uh, I don't know. Uh, I kind of want to see Dean get the win. I think uh, Rollins is okay as Mr. Money in the Bank. As long as the briefcase isn't on the line, he should be okay. So it would be a nice win for Dean. So I would go with Ambrose. Okay, let me make my pick. And uh, you made a lot of very good points, but you sound like you're a little torn, as am I. And... uh, you know what? I'm going to go with Dean. Dominic, so say you. All right. I think this one's pretty easy. For Dean Ambrose, that's who I'm rooting for. I think yeah. it's going to wind up in a DQ. 
Because uh, Ambrose is going to go just berserk and just start pounding his shit out of Seth Rollins, and the referee's yeah. going to disqualify him. This way, both guys save face. You don't have Seth Rollins losing, and you don't have Dean Ambrose actually being pinned and lost. He got He's going to get disqualified. That's good. Uh, so who would you pick them? I'm going to go with, uh, with Rollins to win, but Ambrose is going to get DQ. Interesting, interesting. By the way, on WWE.com, they are doing a poll. Who was the best intercontinental champion? And they show such faces as Warrior, The Rock, Patterson, RVD, uh, Razor Ramon, Shawn Michaels. Wow. Uh, quickly, let's let, let's get a, an idea. Uh, JJ. Who would you say is the greatest intercontinental champion? Oh, wow. That's so tough. Uh, you know, I was a big fan of watching, you know, Bret Hart and Mr. Perfect. I thought Mr. Perfect was amazing as intercontinental champion. There were so many greats in that era. I mean, you could just name list so many from, you know, Rick Rude to Warrior to Savage to Michaels to uh, so many guys who were intercontinental champion and were really great intercontinental champions, unlike a lot of the guys today who just have a title and it doesn't really mean much. They're not having those great matches. Back, you had some great matches. You had matches that were better than the world title matches that Hogan was main eventing. These guys were... The intercontinental championship back then was definitely the workhorse title. Those guys worked the hardest. Yes. Uh... Dominic, who would you say is the best IC champ of all time? Well, I would give it a toss-up between Pedro Morales and Don Morocco. I'm going way back. And those two guys had a tremendous feud, a long-lasting feud. Pedro and Pedro and Morocco. Morocco fought Bruno. Morocco fought Backlund. I would say either Pedro Morales or Don Morocco. And that's when the belt meant something. Yeah, yeah the belts don't mean nothing no more. They don't mean anything. Any of us could get in the ring and they'd give us a belt. It means something for yeah, us, but in reality, it don't mean nothing. Yep. It's all about show and money, and it's not about, you know, hard work and titles. No. Like it was not. back in the day. Because the That's IC title was the springboard to the world title back in the day. If you won yeah, the IC exactly. title, yeah, you knew your next step was going to be a world heavyweight championship. That's right. Dominic's right. Once you won the IC title, it was a springboard to the next thing. Like yep. Macho Man, the Intercontinental yeah. title. Yep. And then went on to have the world title, you know. Uh, Warrior, many guys. RVD, you know, the list goes on and on. Um, but if you guys remember back in 1990, oh, my God, what is that? 20, 24 years ago, a long time ago. Anyway, they had a tournament for the vacant title where Warrior was uh, stripped from then, I, I think, is he dead now, Dominic, the late uh, Jack Tunney? Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, Jack Tunney from Canada, yep. Okay. 
Jack Tunney, I remember vaguely as a little kid, that he stripped Warrior, uh, you know, even though it was title for title and uh, Hellwig won both titles, um, they had a tournament, and at the time, may he rest in peace, the Texas Tornado, who I loved, and it's a tragedy, that whole family and the stories behind that family. But that was my favorite in the Continental Champion. Uh, such, wow. a, such a good look to him, such a great wrestler. And from what I've been told, Blackjack, maybe you you know better. I never met him. You probably did. Look like, it sounds like he was a great guy, too. One of the best guys to, to hang out and went to his house and had dinner with, and he was definitely a, a top dog, man. I was surprised that he took himself out the way he did, man. I was totally shocked. Man, he was, oh, it was unbelievable. Great guy. And Blackjack, who was yours? Was Jake Roberts ever IC champion? No. No. No, no he should have been, though. He should have been, been world title. The Intercontinental Champion of all time for me was the Honky Tonk Man. Oh, Blackjack, get lost. Would you stop it? 454 days. The longest. He was the worst one ever. He was entertaining. <laughs> no, he, he wasn't. Was, he used that guitar. Are you he saying he's played, worse he than the Warriors? I sing better than he, him. He was great. He did get the heat, as he pointed out on here, with the, uh, he said on the show that he booked, and Jada, you probably remember this, he said that he booked that match with the Warrior. In other words, it was his idea to lose like that. Do you remember That's when right. he said that? Yeah, he said it. It was I'm his not idea buying to, that. Lose, to lose it quick. Warrior's thing was to get in there and get out. That was his part of the gimmick. That's what the people like. Blah, blah, blah. He didn't know what the heck this guy was coming from. He figured he'd get the hell in, uh, in and out before he gets hurt. I think Vince McMahon, Pat Patterson, Briscoe, and the boys said, this is the plan. This guy's on fire, which he was at that particular time. And... Uh, they gave him the title, not because Honky Tonk Man said, you know what, guys? You know, this young guy, uh, Jim Helwick, has to look. Let, let me go out there and look, look like a fool for 30 seconds and let me get pinned. And look, you know, he was nice enough to, to spend an hour with us on the show here. So I'm just not agreeing uh, totally on what he said uh, in regards to SummerSlam 88, that it was his idea. To, to pass the torch to Warrior, in essence. So, that's the story with that. Okay, let's get back to the pay-per-view, which will feature an intercontinental battle royal. Uh, looks like a decent pay-per-view, I tell you. Cesaro, Coffee Kingston, the great Kali, Rob Van Dam, Dolph Ziggler, Big E, Ryback, Curtis Axel, Del Rio, Bo... Dallas, Sheamus, Fandango, Sin Cara, Zack Ryder, The Miz, R-Truth, Xavier Woods, Heath Slater, and Titus O'Neil. 
JJ, who is your pick and why? Well, like you said, there's a 20-man uh, battle royal for the vacant intercontinental title after Wade Barrett uh, got hurt. And uh, I'm not sure who I would pick to win this, but if I had to pick somebody who I want to see win this, it would have to be the United States champion, Sheamus. I want to see Sheamus unify the United States title with the intercontinental title so we just have one title. No more two titles, just focus on one champion. So I would want to go with Sheamus just so he could unify both titles. Other than that, I think uh, a strong person to winning it be The Miz. The Miz just came back from filming The Marine. It seems they're pushing him with this Hollywood gimmick. I mean, you could look for The Miz to be a big player, but I want to see Sheamus unify both titles. You know, I wrote it on my Twitter and Facebook yesterday that I was so upset that RVD was jobbing again. Yeah. Now, I hope that turns into a W at the Battle Royal. In essence, I was going to pick Bo Dallas since they are pushing him, but I, my heart telling me RVD, my brain's telling me Bo Dallas, but I'll go with RVD just for argument's sake. Dominic, your turn. Well, King, Bo Dallas is the worst choice of all. My God, no. Oh, I don't like it. I'm just saying that's who they no, like. No, no, no. I friggin' hope not. <laughs> not for nothing, but I JJ agree. just read my mind. JJ, your, your pick is my pick, and for the very same reason. I like yeah. Seamus. Always mm-hmm. did, always will. Mm-hmm. I heard that they were going to bring them two belts together and make one. And what better way to do it is make him the champion, put the two belts together, and when Wade Barrett is finished healing up, he feuds, he feuds with Sheamus. Yeah. You know what? Sheamus would be a great pick for the Intercontinental yep. Champion. Former world champion. Uh, just just uh, he has it. He has the look he, ever since I've seen him. And not the Miz either. The Miz just pinned Sheamus on TV last night, so you know he's not going to get the. He's not going to do anything at the at the pay per view. Uh, they're supposed to have a rematch right. tonight too. That's right. Okay, on, on SmackDown. Who, who who do you like, uh, Blackjack, to uh, emerge victorious in this Intercontinental Battle Royal Sunday? Live on pay per view. RVD. Uh-huh. Okay. This next match should be very interesting. Rusev with his lovely valet against Jack Squagger. Who do you like, JJ? Rusev or Jack Swagger? A decent. You know, I would like to see maybe Jack Swagger. I don't know if he's going to get a clean victory over Rusev. Maybe this will be a case of Rusev getting disqualified because I can't see Rusev losing cleanly just yet, push him as being this Russian monster. So at the same time, I think the fans are really behind Jack Swagger. I'm curious what the pay-per-view audience 
Fields uh, of Jack Swagger. You know, the response he got on Monday Night Raw was unbelievable. It was very surprising to me. I knew people, you know, there's those fans that like to rebel. They like to cheer the heel. But this was unbelievable. This was the entire arena doing the We the People. So I'm not sure if this is some kind of momentum for Swagger, but I think somehow he will get the win, even if it's by disqualification. Okay, Dominic, what is your pick? All right, we were talking about managers before, and Dutch Mantel, Zeb, is yeah. perfect for Jack Swagger. Jack yeah. Swagger's got that lisp when he talks, and nobody was taking him seriously. But now he's got he's got uh, Zeb with him. I think they're taking Jack Swagger more seriously, but they yeah. seem to be pushing Rusev. To yeah. me, Rusev hasn't shown yeah. me much. I'd like to see Swagger win it. Maybe it will be a DQ, but they've been trying it out on house shows, and Swagger has been losing. But for a pay-per-view, um, I, I want to go with a draw. I'm going to go with a draw. Some way it's going to be a double countout or whatever. I see Zeb getting involved with Lana. Um, hell, maybe Zeb will kiss Lana. That'll be all right. <laughs> Would you like to get involved with Lana, Dom? Yeah, hell yeah, as long as you don't tell me, shut up, because I like to talk dirty when I'm in bed. When I'm fucking, she I want to talk dirty. She's a good deal manager, I'll tell you. Yeah, she yeah. is good. She got, she got the mic. She sounds like she is generally Russian. Yeah. And, what gets, uh, on, gets on your nerves more, shut up or excuse me? <laughs> uh, well, they're both horrible, but yeah, I really. can at least listen to, uh, I can at least look at uh, what's her name, the Russian girl. Yeah, yeah Lana. Yeah. The other one was I don't know what Eddie was drinking when he married her. You know, she was a lot slimmer back then. Later, That's later true. she got heavy. She got heavy after Eddie died. Yeah, I mean that this is almost nine years ago. The yeah. that. Eddie's gone, so yep. actually in, uh, in November it'll be officially November I think fifteenth or something like that would be the official uh, nine year anniversary untimely death of uh, Eddie Guerrero. Um, Blackjack, who is your pick for the uh, Russian guy or Jack Swagger? Blackjack. You. Blackjack, where are you? Hello. Can you hear me? Black yeah, I hear you. Okay. Uh, okay. Um, yes. The Russian Rooster. guy is going to beat the crap out of this guy. Oh. And why do you say that? Because I he's agree going, with you. Because he's also looking for a new uh, valet manager, Jerry. Oh, he's looking for a new, uh, the Russian guy? Yeah. He's looking for a new valet? Yeah, called Jerry. Jerry? Oh, Who's please. Jerry? No, Jerry, God. Jerry, Jerry. <laughs> I'm freaking missing something here. Yeah, Blackjack, you're losing everybody. Okay, but in Who reality, is your pick now, Blackjack? in reality... 
he's um, th- this guy. How can he uh, not win? They're still looking to push this guy, even though he's kind of awkward. Sorry, huh? That's what I'm thinking. They're, they're trying to push this guy. Yeah, so uh, you know, they're trying to like turn Russia into the enemy. Yeah, but in, in I reality, uh, behind the scenes, Paul Lee has been trying to get this guy. Plus, you remember. So, what are you going with the? Uh, are you going with the Russo? That you're. Of picked? course. I'll be shocked if he doesn't win. Well, I'll I'm going shocked. with him too. Huh? You know, listen to when he comes out. That heel heat is great. Yeah. I mean, I'm not crazy about him. I'll be honest, but you got you got to say though he does get the heat, and uh, I'll take Rusev. Yeah. Okay, we have a WWE Tag Team Championship. Two out of three falls as the Usos mm-hmm. battle it out with the Wyatt family. JJ, let's go for your prediction first. Wow. This should be definitely a, a great tag team match for the night. Uh, two out of three falls. We should see three falls definitely. I'd be shocked if it just ended at two. If we're going to see three falls, it's going to go back and forth between the Wyatts and the Usos. But, uh, you know, the Usos retained the titles at the last pay-per-view. I don't know if they're going to retain the titles at this pay-per-view. I think, uh, you know, they're definitely, you know, on the rise. The fans, uh, the fans, they love them. They hate them. They can't, they're not really sure where they are when it comes to the Wyatts. Things are definitely changing right now in the WWE. There was a time when Bray Wyatt was getting cheered by fans when he was going up against Cena, and yet yesterday on Raw, the fans were booing Bray Wyatt. They were chanting boring at Bray Wyatt. So I'm curious or not, you know, we see a shift with the Wyatts, and we see more people getting behind the Usos. At the same time, you know, the Wyatts are one of the few people left, uh, the few tag teams left in the WWE. So even if they win the title you know that the Usos will have a rematch. But if the Usos win, then they're pretty much done with the Wyatts. What's next for the Usos? There's really nobody left besides Rybaxel. And, I, you know, I don't really want to see Rybaxel and the Usos. I would rather see the Wyatts win and hopefully have a rematch at SummerSlam. And I tell you, I wish they kept the Road Dog and Gun around. Yeah. They had very, uh, they looked good. They looked like they didn't age. We all agreed on that. I remember talking about it here. And uh, they don't show up anymore since they lost the titles. But it's a shame. In any event, Dominic, uh, let's go to you for your prediction. All right, I'm going to go with the Usos to retain. Um, What they've been doing at house shows, they've been teaming up Big E Langston and Kofi and a couple of other throw-together teams, and they've all beaten Harper and Rowan. So I think the champions are going to retain. Two out of three falls. I think one fall is going to end really quick. Probably the second fall. But it is they are going to wind up giving three three falls on TV, uh, on 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 the pay per view. One fall is going to be a quick one. The middle the middle match is going to be fast because three long matches with the same guys is going to be way too long. Yeah. But I'm going to go with the Usos to retain. 
Um, and and so you you think it's going to go all three? They're not going to yeah. sweep them, in other words. Yeah, it's going to it's going to go three and They'll win one match. They'll win two to one. You're saying? Oh yeah. Basically. Yep. Okay, my prediction is as yours. Uh, to me, this is the best and only good tag team in the WWE. You know, they have their family tradition. They have their look. You know, I know of a lot of kids that just love um, the Usos. They have paint on their face. They have that tag team feel about them like no other team does uh, <laughs> since we go back to the tag team era. Um, like we, Jim Powers was talking about when we when he had, when he was on the show, um, but no doubt I would like to say it's a sweep, uh, but I think uh, it'll take three falls to conclude uh, as the Usos will uh, win that match, no doubt. All right, Blackjack, what do you say? My main team right now in in this promotion, they I can't see them losing it at this point in time. There's no one else in competition. No one else is in sight. Uh, Usos will uh, come victorious unless they get injured or some kind of way. There's nothing really there uh, behind uh, who they're going up against this time. So unless they uh, bring in a, a new team. I, you know, I, I don't see them losing. So you're going to go with the Usos? Hell yeah. Uh, so that's the number. Uh, everybody says that. And, I thought they uh, were going to win that, lose that title uh, months back before I came back from New York. And seeing them with the, with the belts, I mean, I was shocked. Yeah. Uh, yeah, definitely was... Uh, Unexpected, um, but uh, as they say, we will see when the pay-per-view. Maybe something will shock us. Okay, we have Diva's title as champion. AJ Lee battles it out with Paige. JJ, let's hear your prediction. I really wish that this would be a great match. I mean, you heard at the start of the show, Rick Flair mentioned his daughter, Charlotte, who is the NXT champion of NXT. They do things right. I don't know what it is, but the women have great matches at NXT, and we don't see that on WWE television. Why, I don't know. I would love to see AJ and Paige have a nice match. I don't think it's going to be a great match. I think it'll, you know, as Dominic mentioned, we got a really solid pay-per-view. We got a two out of three falls match. I think the Divas match will be cut uh, short very quick. And I think uh, somehow AJ Lee will retain the title and make Paige tap out. Dominic, your prediction. Yeah, I want to see a good, solid match, too. These two were making like they're really good friends last night. Oh, you deserve it. Oh, you're a great a great opponent and all of that. I want to see a great ladies match. We haven't seen one in a long time. Granted, they're all eye candy, which is which is great. But, you know, yeah. back in the day, they wrestled. So I want to see a great wrestling match with two two stars like that. 
But I think AJ's going to wind up retaining unless, here's the unless part, if CM Punk right. is really gone, all right, um, maybe they'll stick it to AJ and make her lose. Ah, very interesting. That's just how you think about that. Sometimes like they do AJ, take it out. I like to see AJ retain. And I want to have a nice wrestling match. Nothing yeah. stupid, no run-ins, yeah. no Stephanie stopping it, none of that stupid stuff. Yeah, I don't like the Stephanie stopping with that. And uh, there is another uh, uh, pre-match, which I'll get into in a second, but I'm also... I'm going to go with Paige to win this match. Mm. And uh, this is uh, something to do with Punk. But Blackjack, what do you say? Well, I'm going to go with the Dominic. I agree with what he said. What did you say, Dominic? Yeah, I had said that... uh, if if Punk is going to be gone, they could stick it to AJ and make her lose and put Paige over. But I think if they don't do that, then AJ will retain. That's what I'm thinking. He, he'll retain the title. I think so. How can he not? And then okay. AJ... So, uh, JJ, there is another match. I'm looking for it, right? You know it? Yes, there's two matches left. Of course, the the big match is Chris Jericho versus Bray Wyatt. Oh, I missed it. Yes. Yes. Chris, Y2J, Chris Jericho uh, against Bray. And now, first of all, do you think, JJ, that Jericho is getting the ovation, the, the fan support, as he once did, like, when he came back five years ago or whatever, the last time he was in the WWE. Do you think it's lower, about the same, or higher? Well, you know, you got to look at the fact that the audience isn't exactly the same as it was when Jericho debuted in 99. I mean, that we were getting, you know, ratings that were in the six, you know, in the five, five million people, six million people who were watching, who loved Chris Jericho. Now, of course, we have maybe three or four million watching Raw every week, so the audience isn't what it used to be, but Chris Jericho is getting a great response. You look when Batista came back, the fans turned against him. When Jericho came back, they didn't do that. They really appreciate Jericho. They're a fans of his work in the ring. They know that he can deliver on all fronts. And, you know, he doesn't really take the spotlight from anyone. He kind of enhances whoever he works with, and he makes them look better. But unlike most people that Bray Wyatt has gone up against, you know, Bray Wyatt went up against, of course, John Cena, Kane, and it really looked like the fans were definitely joining and they were following the buzzards and they were cheering Bray Wyatt. And this is the first time where Bray's facing someone who the fans like more than him. And the fans really do like Chris Jericho. If you watched Raw yesterday, Jericho delivered an amazing promo in which he mentioned he's been in the WWE for 15 years. He's seen it all. He's done it all. He saw, you know, when uh, Mick Foley did This Is Your Life with The Rock, 
and they had Yerpel the Clown, when they had Naked Midian, three-minute warning, <laughs> five-second poses between Edge Good and Christian. Lord. Big Papa Pump, Big Boss Man, Big Show, the showstopper, Shawn Michaels, Michael Hayes, Lord Alfred Hayes, Lord Tensai. I mean, Jericho has seen it all. He wrestled Cena's first uh, pay-per-view. He's been punched by Tyson and Mickey Rourke and Bob Barker. He's a nine-time Intercontinental Champion, a six-time World <laughs> Champion, the first undisputed champion. Jericho has done it all, and he's still beloved by fans. He still goes out there and wrestles like he did almost ten years ago. It's it's really unbelievable. So if I, I got to pick somebody to win the match, Jericho's my boy, but I feel that, you know, Jericho's going to do what he does best. He's going to do what he did at WrestleMania, and he's going to put over the new talent. So I think Bray's going to win somehow. Uh, Dominic, what is your prediction for Sunday's Jericho match? Which yeah, way? all right. Jericho's promo on Raw was unbelievable. He covered every base over and over again. It was great. And every time Jericho leaves to go do his thing with Fozzie and he comes back, he gives a bigger pop every time he returns. I think the pop ain't going to stop. I think he's going to put Bray Wyatt in his place and beat Bray Wyatt. Bray Wyatt ain't got the fans behind him anymore. Um, I think they're even tired of Luke Harper and Eric Rowan. So I'm, I'm, I'm going with Jericho to take out to take out uh, Bray. Well, that that that's an interesting scenario, but Bray does need a W if they want to keep him around and keep him in the mix. Jericho's been job does jobs lately for you know more recently. I thought of Fandango about a year or so ago at that WrestleMania. Oh, that so was Jericho's disgusting, not, really. Yeah, but he talked about it on his show, and he said he didn't mind. But in any event, he did it, and he doesn't mind jobbing now. He's like at his, at his career. He won all the titles. He did what he had to do. You know, yep. that's what he said. He's got nothing left He's got nothing you know, to prove. Right, he's got nothing to prove. Nope. Uh, that's Mike Rotundo's kid. Uh, that would be a great victory for him, right on pay-per-view. And uh, that's what I think they're, mm-hmm. what they're going to do. Give me Bray Wyatt. Okay, let's go over to uh, Blackjack. Yeah. your pick, and Y2J Chris Jericho. Why to day? Oh. Okay, I get right to the fact. Uh, JJ, what is the uh, pre-match, the uh, warm-up oh. match, if you will? Yeah, the pre-show, they should have another Divas match. The Funkadactyls have broken up. We should see Naomi versus Cameron. I would go for Naomi. I think Naomi has all the skills. She's a phenomenal to watch. And I would love to see her and AJ finally mm-hmm. wrestle for the title, or even Naomi versus Paige. I think Naomi is uh, definitely a great caliber female who could put on, you know, great athleticism and have nice matches. Cameron, Cameron's the eye candy, and I don't think she's going to get the win. Dominic, I like them both. 
Cameron's the blonde, right? Yes. Yeah, okay. I think the other one's the better wrestler. Yes. Naomi. I'm gonna go I'm going with Naomi to win that one. Yeah, I'll go with Naomi. And you know, I wonder if, you know, Dominic if you, Jasmine and Sable and people like that, if they would go if they could hang with Sable and you know, the the, the women wrestlers of today, do you think they were as good as the nineties? Uh, Sables and, you know, people like that, and uh, the one from WCW came to the WWE, Tori Wilson. Uh, what's your opinion on that? You just mentioned two of my favorite girls. Sable, I friggin' yeah. love her. Tori Wilson, yeah. I love Tori Wilson, too. I even used to like Diamond Dallas Page's wife, Kimberly. Yeah, oh yeah. Well, friggin' amazing. About those women, they had more of a personality. I don't know. Just back made, then, but... back then compared to now, back then was no hair extensions. Um, Nothing. Well, you had fake tits. Um, you know, fake tits were been around yeah. since the Stone Age, but and Jasmine, everybody's like hair it. was normal. Their face was regular. Now everybody's got on hair extensions, and you could tell it's fake. Whose hair grows what down about today? With her painted tits, we're pretty much. You know, oh, with Sable's painted tits, that was Sable's <laughs> painted Sable's painted tits and Jerry Lawler standing there on Raw with his mouth wide open, like holy shit! That was my favorite Raw moment in the history of Raw. I don't care about titles. I don't care about tag teams. I don't care about who puts on the best drop kick, the best suplex, the best cross arm chicken wing. When Sable took her top off and with the painted tits, that was the best moment in Raw history. That should be on the highlight reel before freaking Raw begins. That'll make you want to sit there and watch three hours. All right, I'll give you one more, Dominic. You have door number one, Tori, and you in there alone. Or door number two, Sable, and you in there alone. What door are you going into? Well, I'm going in one door, and I'm going to build a, uh, a, a friggin' passageway so that I can get into the other door when I want to switch around a little bit. <laughs> oh, brother. Dig me oh, a tunnel. Boy. <laughs> how about you, JJ? What do you think? The 90s wrestlers, uh, how would you compare them of the, today's, those wrestlers that I mentioned, the Sables, you? Tory Wilson's of the world compared to these these the talent of today. Well, you know, it was a different time and a different era. It was the Attitude Era. It was TVMA, and yet these women found ways to really bring out their characters. Sunny Sable. I mean, they were larger than life. You know, women. I mean, Sable at the time was just the valet, and yet the fans cared more about her than Mark Merrow. And it's just. Oh, yeah. it's I mean, she she definitely was. That was you know, a good little feud there. Yeah, they even had a match. She even power bombed him. A woman power bombed a man. I mean, I never thought I would ever see that in my life, but Sable did it. And the women then had a little more character. A lot of the women today, they don't have that same opportunity, despite the fact that there's so many damn programs 
you know, Raw's three hours. You have main event on Tuesdays. You've got SmackDown for two hours. They have all the time in the world to develop these women, and yet they don't do it. You have to watch Total Divas to understand who's who and, you know, who's, you know, their characters and who's outgoing. And you have to watch that show to understand what's going on on the wrestling show. I mean, it's just kind of ridiculous. So, I mean, it's just the time and the era is different than what it was then. And then when you had, you know, someone like Sable or Sonny, they really stood out. And right now you've got a lot of women and no one... And Marlena. Let's not forget about her. Marlena was Terry Gold Dust. Oh, Marlena was Dust. great. Yeah. <laughs> My God, she used to come out with that dress on with the thin spaghetti tra- uh, straps. Cleavage, unbelievable. Uh, what he wanted to do was throw ice water on her to see which nipple gets harder first. <laughs> <laughs> and I think Blackjack remembers in 98 when I brought Bundy, New Jack, and Terry. She was right there, right next to her. She was a joy to work yeah, with. Yeah, and then she had to have a handprint. Somebody... Uh... Uh, she needed two hands because she had two two tits and two bare hands with black paint on on that ch- on the chest. Whose hands were they? You know, it's funny though because years later, New Jack and uh, Terry were became an item for yes. a brief time. But did you ever find out really whose hands were they were? What's that? Did you ever, did you ever find out whose their hands were on her on her chest? In black That's right. That's right. Okay. It's Whose hands were they, King? Jordan, Blackjack says yes. when Sable painted her tits, whose handprints were those? Shit, Who's I wish they were mine. Those? I wish they were mine, but uh, <laughs> I don't know. It was done uh, at that show that, that you had that. Personal, they needed right? a, 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 a replacement hand. You don't know whose hand it was? I'm asking you if you remember, or did you ever no, know? No, I don't remember. That was, uh, no, I don't know. Whatever it was. I don't That's know if they even said it. That's July 98, that pay-per-view, where she came out with that paint. Maybe they were At first, they started off with the tongue. It was a black tongue. And you gotta and then, remember that. And then they the went from tongue to Russo hand. booking there. Yeah. That is a vintage Vince Russo booking. Make no mistake about it. Well, let's put it this and way. I got the original picture of, of who hand it was. I think it was her own hands. She squeezed her own tits, and there you go. No. No? Who was nope, it? You're close. Really? It was Dustin Reynolds. Dustin? Yes. Dustin on oh Sable? Oh, my God. Oh, not Sable. Mark Merrow. Why? That makes Wait. sense. There was two incidents. Yeah. The, uh, Marlena it, it had no paint. She only flared. Oh, no, Marlena t- had no paint. Sable, yeah, Sable Sable's the only one with paint. paint. Sable's the only one who had the paint, right? Yeah. And Marlena. Yeah. 
Marlena done it first. I thought Marlena never had paste. paste. What? I thought Marlena just had pasties on her nipples. Right. But when I, when I first thought about it, there was two concept, concept, concepts on that. Oh. oh. The but first I know concept when she did was uh, with, with the hands and the, and the uh, tongue. That, 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 oh, that's okay. probably too, uh, a little bit too uh, nostalgic, I guess. Not many people knew about yeah. that. Anyway, right. I, I know when she took her top off, she did it for the Sultan, who was Rikishi. Yeah. But who was trying to cover up Rikishi's eyes? Who was the manager? I, I can't remember that for nothing. We still on that one? It was who? We still trying to figure that one out? Yeah. Oh. I forgot who the Sultan's <laughs> manager was. The Sultan... Iron Cheek, I could I, I thought. I don't know. That's what we thought. I think last time we talked about. I it. Had, when you say it like that, I still might think it's the Iron Cheek. Yeah, that's what I and thought. I the Iron Cheek. Back when, also was a manager for somebody too in that in that time time, time area. Cheek, it might have been the Brooklyn Brawler. Maybe. Okay, in the spirit of uh, all these gold dust talk. Let's take a listen to this uh, thing. Uh, is Goldust one of Vince McMahon's best creations? And let's talk right back, sold is Goldust and Stardust. Goldust and Stardust get the win. Match was pretty dead. Nobody really cared. All, all I can think of is, you know, you've got Dusty uh, Rhodes' two kids out there doing the uh, the weird, wacky deal. One's dressed up as Goldust. One's dressed up as Stardust. Just get Dusty out there. Bring him out there as Dusty Dust. And just be done with it already. You know, put some makeup on the splotch. <laughs> the splotch could have some personality of its own. Somebody actually responded to me on Twitter. They said, no, 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 he's not Dusty Dust. He's got to be Old Dust. And I thought that was great. So you have Gold Dust, Old Dust, and Star Dust. They could be a trio. If the Shield were still together, they could probably have some pretty incredible matches. Uh, but they're not. So maybe they can go up against the Wyatt family or something. But I posed this question on Twitter, and I pose it again here for those of you who didn't see it. I'm watching this match, and again, Goldust is great. He's 43, 44 years old, moving around like he's half his age. He's still going, you know, he's still in there doing his thing, and he hasn't gotten hurt, thank God. And Goldust has been very impressive since he's come back. And I'm watching this guy, and I'm thinking, would you consider Goldust to be the most successful, enduring gimmick ever created by Vince McMahon behind Kane and The Undertaker. I would think Kane and The Undertaker, Undertaker first, then Kane, would have to take precedent over that for as long as they've been around. And not just as long as they've been around, but they've been prominently featured as main eventers. Kane is 47. He's not that much younger than The Undertaker, who can barely move these days. He wrestles once a year. He may be done. Kane is out there every single week on all the TV shows. He's at house shows, pay-per-views, everything. He's still going. Now, maybe he's not having great matches, but, I mean, Kane, if you, if you look at the, the durability that he's had over the years, it's incredible. So take those two and put them aside. Would Goldust be the most successful, enduring gimmick that Vince has ever created? I would think he would be. Vince has created a lot of different gimmick characters over the years. Some have gotten over. A lot of them haven't. But Goldust first came around in 1995. So that's when he made his debut, was 95. And, and there are people who uh, have asked me, well, didn't Goldust, didn't Dustin come up with the character himself? I was always of the impression it was a Vince idea. 
maybe Dustin had input into it. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he talked about it in his book. I didn't read Dustin's book, so I don't know. I've always been of the impression the actual genesis of the Goldust character came from the mind of Vince McMahon. So let's assume that it was a Vince creation, or Vince put his own spin on it. 1995 is when the character debuted. Now, Goldust has come and gone. He hasn't been in the company for, you know, 18 straight years. But he had a number of years that he was there, and then he left, and then he came back again, then he left, then he came back again. He's come back and left about three or four times. But every time he comes back, he, he does get over with that character. There's something about that character that the people do get into. And this most recent run of his maybe has been the best. Uh, you know, unless you count that original run with the character as it was back then, because the Goldust character has evolved. The Goldust character used to be very controversial for its time. You know, the announcers now when John Cena comes out, oh, he's the most controversial superstar in WWE, and I want to gag, I want to stick a sock down my throat, because he's not controversial. There is nothing, there is not a damn thing controversial about John Cena. The correct word is polarizing. He is a polarizing figure. That's different than controversial, and it drives me fucking nuts every time Michael Cole says that on commentary. Goldust, back in 95-96, was a controversial character. He was far more controversial than John Cena ever has been. And now the Goldust character isn't controversial at all. So it's a different, it's a different day than it was back then, but... For as much success as he has had coming back to the company all those times, and, and you know he's held a bunch of tag team titles and intercontinental titles, never made it as a main event performer. He was never a world champion or anything like that. But I would have to put him way up there, probably at number three, as far as all-time gimmicks that Vince has created that are still going today. I don't know if you guys feel the same way. I just was kind of bored during the match, and I thought about that, and I said, huh, he may be. He may be number three. JJ, what do you think about that? Goldust, is he one of the best characters? And uh, well, what are you, your thoughts on some of the things uh, that TV tracks have to say, Solomon? Well, I have to uh, agree with the fact that he said, you know, when you think of characters, a character or a gimmick, a character or a gimmick wrestler, someone like an Undertaker, someone like Kane, the demon, the monster, the big red machine, you know, the Undertaker, the, the dead man, the phenom, the devil's favorite demon, and then you have Goldust. When Goldust came onto the scene in the mid-90s, he was, you know, very different. He was very strange. He was kind of, especially with Marlena by his side, you know, they were very sort of sexual and erotic and you know, he would always kind of touch himself, and he would blow kisses at uh, his opponents. It was very strange. I mean, you remember the WrestleMania where he had that uh, b- backlot brawl with Rowdy Piper, and he's wearing women's lingerie. I mean, he was—he really legitimately was a controversial superstar at that time. And then you think a few years later, about mid-2000, they bring him back, and now he's kind of silly, he's goofy, he's kind of stealing, you know, Bubba Ray's gimmick where he's stuttering and he, you know, he's forming a tag team with Booker T, their tag team champions, and now they brought him back with uh, his brother Cody, and he, he dropped sort of the gimmick. He still wears, you know, the gold makeup, the bodysuit, but he doesn't do, you know, those things that he did in the 90s or in 2000. He's more focused on his wrestling and I think he's better than ever, actually. I think I've seen Goldust do things now at, you know, 43, and I never saw him do when he was in his 20s or 30s. I think he's really evolved, 
And that's something a lot of wrestlers, maybe someone like a John Cena, they haven't evolved. Goldust really has evolved, much like Kane has evolved. And you mentioned Kane with the mask, without the mask, you know, corporate Kane, or The Undertaker, when he was the dead man with Paul Bear, then he was the American badass, and he made people famous, and this is his yard, and he's sort of had different degrees of when he was The Undertaker, different outfits. You know, he spoke more like a dead man. Then he was very, you know, it was Undertaker's found a way to evolve. He cut his hair. He's always had a different look or presentation. And Goldust, for the most part, I mean, he does wear the face paint, but he really found a way to keep the face paint and yet to still evolve and to change and always be new and fresh and different to the audience. So when you think of the all-time great characters or gimmicks, I would have to say Goldust has to be at, you know, the top of the list. I mean, he's not, you know, the Undertaker. He's not Kane. He's never been a world champion. But, you know, he's been Intercontinental champion, tag team champion. He's had a lot of great moments. And really, what more could you ask from a wrestler than to have a really great moment, something that you will remember forever and talk about and discuss and something that will live forever. And Goldust has had that in his career. Totally agree with you. Dominic, what's your take on the Goldust character? Well, at the beginning when Goldust first came in, I liked it. He was reciting lines from movies. That's what he was supposed to be, like uh, like the Oscar statue, which is gold. That's what Goldust was supposed to be, almost like that. But then when he got really bizarre and stupid, the time he came out with the Christmas balls all over him, then he came out as Marilyn Manson. Then he came out like the New Year's baby. I said, this is getting really freaking stupid real fast. And I really hated the Goldust character because then he started acting like he was gay. And I said, it's freaking ridiculous. It's time for something different. Then he left and became right. Black Rain in TNA. And he got really heavy because he said he was on all different drugs and drinking and everything back then. But now Goldust jumps around that ring like a gazelle. I never saw him do some of the things he's doing now than he did years ago either. J.J. is right. And he's acting it's funny amazing. as hell with, with his brother. They are a funny team. And the clip you played about Dusty coming out as old Dust and feuding oh, with the yeah. Hill, I think that would have been funny as hell. That would have been, uh, been great. Oh, my God. That would be awesome. That, that, yeah, that really. Goldust, Stardust, and Old be... Dust. Old the gold makeup on Dusty. <laughs> and oh, my God. You... Maybe they'll just take that idea. Maybe. Hey, he's there. He's in the yeah. WWE. Dusty. He works in the, uh, you know, the championship That's wrestling cool. for the minors. So they, they, they wouldn't mind putting him on. Yep. And I'll tell and you, I would played, be interested to see that. The clip you played where the guy said that Cena is controversial and it makes him sick, he's right. The only thing that's yeah. controversial about Cena is we love Cena, Cena sucks. That's yeah. controversial right. because the kids and the girls love John Cena, but the, the old people like us, we can't stand him. Controversial, well, not even yeah. old. Over, over 18, I think, over 17. Yep. Don't like Cena anymore. No. Nope. And uh, let's face it, for the last decade, about 
uh, you know, oh four years. He's been in in our face, and I think even his supporters will tell you that we are sick of John Cena now. You know, they were very happy with Daniel Bryan, yep. JJ at WrestleMania. Did you remember that how, how big of a reaction that Daniel Bryan got? It to me, the, he surpassed what Cena got with the Yes Movement. What's your opinion on that? Well, yeah, I mean, Daniel Bryan, I mean, he's been on the rise for a year, and he definitely surpassed Cena when it came to fan response. I mean, we even uh, talked about, you know, a few months ago when I think it was right after WrestleMania, and they did a poll on the WWE app where fans could vote Cena to have a one-on-one match, which, of course, would benefit Cena, or he could have a handicap match three-on-one against the Wyatts in which the Wyatts would just beat the hell out of John Cena. Well, guess what? The fans voted that they wanted to see all three members of the Wyatts beat the hell out of John Cena. So his following isn't as strong as it used to be. There are people that are moving on. They are getting tired of Cena and the Cena Nation. Uh, Blackjack, so say you, with the Goldust and John Cena clip. Still going strong. It started off strong, and it will go strong until they quit it. Right now, they're they're on top of the game. They're into the uh, into that persona. Once you're into that persona, you like it. You help put it more over, and the fans are putting it more over it as well. It's it's a strong gimmick all the way around. Okay, we're talking about it. Let's go back to the same guy. He's going to tell us why fans hate John Cena. This comes from James, and it's a loaded question, uh, but I shall try to answer it anyway. I wanted to know your personal opinion on probably the most topical question relating to current WWE programming. Why is John Cena so hated? Clearly, James, you must be new. Uh, I think, I think, since you asked me for my personal opinion, it's not any one thing. I think there's a lot of people who are sick and tired of seeing John Cena, just just seeing him. doesn't matter what position he's in. They just hate his guts. They want him to get hurt. They want him to go away. All these awful things. And I will never say that. I, I don't want to see John Cena die. I don't want to see John Cena break his neck or break his arm or break his leg or break anything. I think for people who wish that on somebody... You're an idiot, and you need to reevaluate your life. Let's not take it that far. But I can see where they're coming from in that they're sick and tired of seeing John Cena hog up their televisions when it comes to uh, main event matches, main event feuds, pay-per-views. He's the face of the company. You know, he's been on top for a decade, over a decade. That gets old after a while. People thought the Cena character was, was played out and too hokey and all that kind of stuff in 2006. So imagine how those same people feel today in 2014. I think a lot of it has to do with that. I think a lot of it has to do with the the PG nature of the character. John Cena has become a symbol of PG just by virtue of being the number one guy in the company. And you still have plenty of people out there who hate, hate that WWE is PG and not TV-14. So they take it out on John Cena because he's the easiest target. Who else are you going to take it out on? What other character on television right now is an obvious target for people who hate PG, like like a main event level performer. John Cena is the only one that comes to mind. I don't look at Randy Orton and think, oh, he's PG. Sheamus? 
Well, maybe. I don't think people really see Sheamus on that level anyway. They look at John Cena. He comes out, he's wearing the armbands and the neon, all the neon crap. He's like a giant Crayola crayon. And, you know, he does his little salute and he just the things he says in his promos. I mean, I, I'm with you guys in that he'll say stuff that just makes my skin crawl. He can be an awesome promo, he just chooses not to be. More often than not, his promos make me cringe. When he's on, when he's really feeling it and trying to sell a big match and he goes into, like, intense mode, he's an awesome promo guy. We just don't get to see that a lot. So I think there's you, – you can't pinpoint one reason why people hate John Cena. They're just sick of seeing him. They're, they're sick of seeing him, and they resent the fact that he's been shoved down their throats for so long, which is what they have to try to avoid doing with Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns is over. There's going to be people who start to boo him soon. I guarantee you. I guarantee you, especially if the idea is to keep pushing him until he beats Brock for the title of WrestleMania, if that's the plan, or whoever, whoever he beats. There's a pretty good chance that Roman Reigns will end WrestleMania next year winning the championship. And I'm okay with that. But that means they're going to be pushing this guy hard for the next 8, 9, 10 months, and probably a lot longer than that. And if he wins the title, it's going to be worse. Because their idea is for him to be the next John Cena. So I guarantee you right now, I know I'm making such a, a prediction here, you're going to get those people who start very loudly and noticeably booing Roman Reigns before long. Because that's just the thing to do now. When you perceive that the company is shoving somebody down your throat, you resent them for it. It's not like it was 20 years ago. People will just accept it because that's just how it is. Everyone now... They control the show, and they want what they want. They don't want what you want them to want. That's a mouthful. But that's my point. So there's a way to get, I think, Roman Reigns over. There's a, there's a way to push him without uh, this perception that he's being shoved down your throat. But that's going to be a, a fine line for them to walk. I don't trust that these people are smart enough to, uh, to walk that line because, as we've seen before, uh, it's not – something that they usually are uh, very good at doing. But I think that has a lot to do with why people hate Cena. He just became this status symbol that people can hate on for an era that people just overall don't like. They want to go back to the way it was. They want to go back to attitude. They want to go back to ruthless aggression and, you know, hardcore matches and cursing and, you know, half-naked women and all that kind of stuff. They want their wrestling. You know, they love their wrestling. but They want that and they want that. They want to a combination of both, and they're not getting that. And that pisses a lot of people off. So Cena becomes an easy target. I'll rip on Cena all day long when he comes out and cuts those corny promos, and he does comedy, which is not funny. He's not a great wrestler. He's, he's, a, he's a good wrestler. I don't think he gets enough credit for being good enough. I'll never say that John Cena is a great wrestler, because he's not. So you'll have some people who, who dislike him for that. But that's my take on it. You can't pin, pinpoint one specific thing. It's a combination of everything I just talked about. And then you have the irrational people who just hate on him because that's the thing to do. You know, hey, John Cena, he's out there. Oh, look at this. John Cena's in the main event again. He sucks. Cena sucks. Die, Cena, die. You know, what, what are you going to do? He's the top guy. Nobody else has been able to come along and push him off that perch. Maybe Roman Reigns will be that guy. Maybe Daniel Bryan, had he not gotten hurt, would have eventually ascended to that level. I don't think he would have. I think he was pretty much at the level he was going to be at. 
he didn't have that mainstream appeal that Cena has or, uh, you know, Cena's looks for movies and, and stuff like that. Roman Reigns, on the other hand, does have that. And I think you're looking at the next John Cena, and I hope for his sake that people will give him a chance. Because I think Roman Reigns is very good. I, I disagree with the people who think that Roman Reigns is just a gimmick. He's not a good wrestler. He's too green. I don't see that at all. I just answered a whole email from somebody about this, and I, I just don't see it. I think Roman Reigns has worked with Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose for 18 months. And in those 18 months, if you look at where Roman Reigns was at the beginning to where Roman Reigns is now, you see a very noticeable improvement. Okay, He's not in there. He's not a Daniel Bryan or a Chris Benoit or a Kurt Angle or anything like that. He doesn't have to be. He's every bit as good as John Cena is, and I think he could even be better in the ring than John Cena is. That's what happens when you're, you're, you're teaming and working with guys like Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose for so long. You're on the road, and you're going to get better. Unless you absolutely suck, it's impossible not to get better. So I don't see what people are saying when it comes to that kind of stuff. I think he's fine as a wrestler. He's got this badass persona, this badass aura to him. He's got his moves that are over, like the Superman punch and the spear and that drop kick on the apron no different than any other main event guy who has their three or four or five moves of doom. Bret Hart had his five moves of doom, just like John Cena has his five or six. Hulk Hogan probably had less than that. So Roman Reigns is going to be just fine as long as they don't go down the same road with him they did with John Cena. Hopefully they can learn from the example of John Cena. Crowds have changed, for better or worse, right? Wrestling crowds now are a hell of a lot different than they were 15 years ago. And if they can adapt to that and be very careful with how they push this guy, he could be the biggest thing they've ever had. Sky's the limit for this guy. He's got the look they like. He's got the size. I think his promos can improve, but that'll come in time. But use John Cena as an example. I think that's a, a big part of why people resent the guy, because for so long he was shoved down their throat, and they didn't like that. So that's my take on John Cena. It's a loaded question. Everyone's going to have a different answer. Some people will agree. Some will disagree. He asked for my personal opinion. I gave it. End of story. Bold statement, JJ. What is your take on that commentary? Well, I have to agree. I mean, you look at John Cena. We just talked about The Undertaker. We just talked about Kane. We just talked about Goldust. But just to bring up somebody else, look at someone like a Triple H or a Chris Jericho. Chris Jericho, who's reinvented himself. He had the long hair. He was Lionheart. You know, he came back. He cut his hair, and he came back again. He had glowing jackets. He's found ways to re, uh, you know, to innovate his character. He was, you know, business suit Chris Jericho. He dropped the tights and just wore the trunks. He's found ways to change his look a relevant. And that's something that we haven't seen with John Cena. He hasn't evolved past that kid who had the jean shorts and the armbands. He's been that same guy for the past 12 years. He hasn't changed. He hasn't evolved. You look at Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan ran his course in the WWE. He left. Hogan, unlike Cena, had the opportunity to go to WCW, and that was the best thing that happened to Hulk Hogan's career. Because when Hogan was in WCW, they found out that that whole red and yellow, eat your prayers or say your diamonds, whatever, it didn't get over in WCW. So you know what? They turned the script on you, and then he joined the NWO, and he changed. He evolved. He did something new. Brand new career. 
he has completely relaunched his career in the new era. And that's something that John Cena needs. John Cena doesn't have that opportunity to go to WCW. You could say, you know, no, I guess he could go to TNA, but that ain't never going to happen. He is WWE's golden boy. They are protecting him. He's their money maker. He's the guy who does, who does all those morning media shows. He's the company guy who does the radio shows. He's reliable, and they don't want to mess with that. And they haven't produced another star. You know, even when you had Hogan in WWE, you had Savage, you had Warrior, you had guys who you could put at the top of the mountain. And we didn't have that right now. Punk's gone. Daniel Bryan's hurt. Who's at the top of the mountain? It's just John Cena. They haven't made anybody else. I mean, you could argue about Roman Reigns. You could argue about Bray Wyatt. You could argue about, you know, some other superstars who could be there. But they're not at that level John Cena is. John Cena is the only guy they have. So they rely on him. They don't want to change anything. And that's been unfortunate because, it felt a, re- a rebellion amongst fans. The internet wrestling community can't stand him. You can argue it's because of his matches, and he only has the five moves of doom, but it's just the same thing week after week, month after month, year after year. You know what you're going to get from Cena, and that's why people are tired of it. They want something new. They want change, and they're not getting it. Okay, uh, Dominic, what is your take? Well, that sound clip you you played was exactly right. I agree with J.J. John Cena, he's the guy that's got a different T-shirt every month. He's out there with the armbands, and it's like his character hasn't changed at all. He's doing the same thing, the same few moves, and... That's McMahon's fair-haired boy. You could call anybody in the WWE the face of the WWE. But the real face of the and he's WWE like is a John teenager. Well, Let's not forget, he's 34, 35 years old now. He dresses right. like he's 17, 18 years old. Yep. So eventually, now, that's not going to look... He's the face of the WWE because he's on all the shows... He, he he goes on the late-night talk shows. He's the Make-A-Wish Foundation chairman or whatever he is. But we're tired of what he does in the ring. His promos are corny. When he's in his zone and he's really pissed off, yeah, he is at his best. But we don't see that that often. We see John Cena cracking jokes that ain't funny. He's trying to be another version of The Rock. The Rock could do it. The Rock was a lot even better in the ring than Cena. The Rock was much better. Not yeah. even close, in my opinion. No, not, a, not now, at all uh, close. With, with that in mind, let me ask you this, JJ. You mentioned Hogan. What would you think of a real Cena heel turn? I'm talking he joins up with, like, Triple H and Stephanie, and he really does the heel turn. What would you think of that? He would really have to be committed. I'm not talking about just wearing a suit and doing like what Kane did with corporate Kane. He would have to become ruthless. He would have to become the guy you hate. And that's one of the problems with wrestling today. Fans love the bad guy. They're cheering Bray Wyatt. They're cheering the bad guys. 
and they don't want you to cheer Cena when he turns heel. They want you to hate Cena, and that's the thing. If you turn Cena heel and you give the fans what they want, and then the fans start cheering him, he's not the heel anymore. You understand what I mean? He needs to yes. be the heel, and he needs to be hated. He needs to be hated, and I don't know if they can do that. Well, he has to come out, Ian Hogan, and say, you know what, you fans could all kiss my ass, and, you know, he really has to get them against him because otherwise they're going to still love him. Dominic, what would you say? Uh, Would you you prefer a heel turn, full-fledged, like him joining forces with the uh, Stephanie and Triple H? What would be your opinion on that? J.J. said it perfect. If the fans hate Cena that much and they want him to be a heel, suppose they start cheering him as he's a heel, and you don't want that. You want him really to be hated. Maybe he's got to set somebody on fire like Kane did. I don't know, but if you turn him and make him part of the authority with Triple H, the fans may cheer him, and you don't want Cena to be cheered. He's got to be hated for his role, not hated because we're tired of seeing him push down our throat. He's got to be hated for what he does. Like, you hated Kane when he set Jim Ross on fire, even though that really wasn't Jim Ross, but you hated that. You said, you're going to set a man on fire? You know, but John Cena's got to do something to be really hated, hated, not just disliked, like we love Cena, Cena sucks. It can't go like that. He's got to be totally hated where nobody wants to even buy his merchandise. Yeah. See, he's the top seller of merchandise. I don't think McMahon wants to risk losing that. And Punk was number two. Punk was number two and Mysterio was number three. You don't have either of those guys no more. Yep. No, you you hit it on the head, but I'll tell you, I would like to see him change his style. I can't stand. Whenever Cena's on Raw, I change the channel, quite frankly. When he opened and, up uh, Raw Monday night, I said, oh, here we go. I, put, I washed my yep. dishes in the sink. I put my laundry away. I even uh-huh. went to the mailbox and came back, and he was still talking. Oh, good, good. Uh, Blackjack, your thoughts on the man they call John Cena? I think it's uh, inevitable that uh, Cena will be turning bad in a full uh, fledge, I, I would believe. Eventually, that will be uh, a good way to go. And if that's going to happen, I think it will happen between him and uh, Reigns. Maybe he could be, be the man to put... Uh, the kibosh on the Cena for a little bit. But if they stop that, um, they'll always bring him back again. Yeah. But, but suppose what, they start what, booing. What should he really do to, to really uh, test the people off besides uh, opposing with, with the veterans, you know? He, uh, he's still well-liked. He, you know, when they hate him or love him, he's, he's still with that. And and his make a wish that that's that kind of hard to do to pull him out of out of that and have him go uh, against those people, you know. 
Uh, yeah, Dominic, what were you about to say? Uh, I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> I forgot what I was going to say. Oh, yeah. If it comes down to Roman Reigns and Cena, and like the clip said, whoever that clip was said, he sees that Roman Reigns is ready. Solomon Hunter, yeah. A lot of people don't see he's ready. And they start to chant, you can't wrestle, you can't wrestle, yeah. if he starts no to boy. do only those three moves. And then we're going to wind up with him and Cena feuding, and if they start that, fans are going to wind up just getting up and going to the bathroom and saying, the hell with this, these two guys are too much alike. They got three moves each. I don't see any promise in Roman Reigns. And John Cena's doing the same old crap. So I'm leaving. I'm going home. One hot dog to go, and I'll leave it in the car. (laughs) (laughs) Well, believe it or not, WrestleMania 30, when Stone Cold did his thing with Hogan and The Rock, he was disappointed. Let's hear it from the rattlesnake himself. When I went down to WrestleMania 30... I knew about the setup. I knew that it was going to be me, Hogan, and The Rock in the ring. And they kind of gave us a little outline of what was going to be said. And, of course, I looked at the outline and the piece of paper that it was written on. I crumpled it up into a little ball of paper and threw it in the trash can where it belonged. You don't need to write verbiage for Stone Cold Steve Austin. I went out there and gave some props to Hulk Hogan for a hell of a career that he had. People always thought that me and him had some heat. I buried that hatchet, uh, that perceived hatchet and uh, gave him all the respect that I have for him. It was fun sitting there at the Hall of Fame uh, watching all that stuff that they did 30 years ago, 30 fucking years, running down the road training with T, Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff, goddamn cowboy Bob Orton Jr. with that fucking cast on his arm. It used to piss me off. Man, that guy was so good in the ring. But just watching all those good vignettes that those guys were doing back then and paving the way for all these superstars to come down the road, including myself. And now there I was sitting next to him at WrestleMania 30 at the Hall of Fame. We were sitting next to his wife. And uh, so it was just a lot of fun. And you know what I wanted to do once I saw... The promo, I said to Vince when I got there, I said, hey, you know what? I said, I'd like to add something to this. Because we're in New Orleans, because we're in Louisiana, uh, you know, I've been all over the great state of Louisiana. It's a place that I really love dearly because I love Cajun food so much. I love the people. I love the outdoor lifestyle. And when I was in junior college right outside of uh, Houston, Texas, we'd play uh, most of our schedules, a lot of those uh, Louisiana teams, and we'd drive over there. I played at Wharton County Junior College, about 60 miles south of Houston on 59 South. And we'd go get our ass whooped up there in Louisiana, and then we'd get on a goddamn school bus and drive back home. Well, two years later, I got a scholarship to North Texas State University. Played all the rest of the teams in Louisiana. Drove into Louisiana, or they'd come to our place, and when they'd whip our asses too. I, we wouldn't worth a flying fuck, whether it was a junior college or North Texas State University. I played so many goddamn uh, towns in Louisiana. I just love that place. So I wanted to sing uh, Jambalaya by Hank Williams Sr. So I go into Vince's office and said, Hey, Vince, I, said, I got an idea. I said, Man, we're in Louisiana. I'd like to sing Jambalaya. He goes, What's Jambalaya? And I started singing the first two sentences. He goes, Oh, yeah, I recognize that song. He says, Steve, you realize we're on a global basis. 
I said, well, goddamn, I realize that, but fuck, we in Louisiana. I said, people from all over the world are here, but if there's 80,000 people in the Silverdome, excuse me, the Superdome, <laughs> I was just kidding with you, I was fucking with you, because that's what Hulk Hogan said. So if we're in the Superdome, and there's 80,000 motherfuckers there, you've got to figure about 40,000, 50,000 going to be local from Louisiana. They know what the fuck's going on. They're going to sing along with me. I said, we could put the damn lyrics up on the Titan Tron. He goes, well, let me call Kevin Dunn on the truck, see if we can do that. He called Kevin Dunn in the truck, but it turns out if we did that, we might have some problems with the people suing us for using the lyrics and all that other bullshit without proper written permission. So anyway, I didn't get a chance to go out there and sing Jambalaya. So I was a little bit mad about that because... You know, the verbiage was what it was, and I was, I was really, really happy and really proud to go out there and do that opening segment with the one and only immortal Hulk Hogan and my damn good friend, the most electrifying man in sports entertainment who's crushing it in Hollywood and all these big blockbuster movies, The Rock. And I had a, I had a couple of good chances to have some good conversations with uh, The Rock's mother, too. I saw her a couple of times at breakfast, and we had some uh, some nice talks, and she's such a nice, classy lady. But anyway, I wanted to sing a song, and we couldn't do it. And I figured, you know what? Fuck, if we can't do it at WrestleMania 30 in front of a couple million people around pay-per-view in the universe, and right in front of about, I think the crowd was about 75, 76,000 people, I figured least I can do is sing you motherfucking working man and working women. A verse, a jambalaya by Hank Williams. Making money up in this bitch, singing songs for you. Shit. If I had a guitar here, I'd go get my guitar and play that motherfucker too. Without any further ado, I present to you Jambalaya by Hank Williams. One verse. Here we go. Goodbye, Joe. Me gotta go. Me oh my oh. Me gotta go pull the piro down the bio. My Avon, the sweetest one, me oh my oh. Son of a gun, we'll have big fun on the bio. Jambalaya, crawfish pie, and a filet gumbo. Cause tonight I'm a gonna see my Michelle and me oh. Pick guitar, fill fruit jar, and be gay, oh. Son of a gun, we'll have big fun on the bio. The end. And can you imagine that? In the Silverdome, Superdome. I did that on purpose, goddammit. In the Superdome with 75, 80,000 motherfuckers joining in with the lyrics on the Titan Tron. Goddammit. Come on, WWE. We got to fucking make money up in this bitch. I'm trying to go out there. You want to fly me from Los Angeles all the way to New Orleans and not give me a chance to sing a tune? Travesty. One and only Stone Cold holds nothing back. JJ, what's your thoughts? Well, obviously, one of the reasons why I like Austin, you know, that Stone Cold Steve Austin that we saw in the Attitude Era. That you know that wasn't just a character that was made by Vince McMahon. A lot of that was really just Steve Austin. That was just his persona turned up to eleven. You know what I mean? I mean that was Steve Austin, 
and, you know, getting the script and throwing it out, you know, you're not going to write for Stone Cold Steve Austin. And uh, that's one of the things that's lacking in the WWE today. So many guys are focused on the script, and if they stumble their line, they're trying to re-say what they said, and it feels so kind of fake and, and forced and phony. And with Austin, every time Austin said something, it felt real. You believed him. You know, same thing with, you know, guys like Triple H and The Rock of that time. And even today, someone like a CM Punk, when Punk spoke, you believed him. There are other people that could say, you know, I'm upset at the WWE and I don't like what's going on. You're not going to believe him. It doesn't feel real. You aren't going to feel it. But Austin was one of those guys that you you felt it and you believed it. And I think, you know, locally... That would have been uh, it. Would have been a, a moment to remember, you know, getting the the crowd at the uh, and now I can't even remember the Silver Dome, the Superdome, where you know, getting them to sing along with Austin. Of course, The Rock. I mean, The Rock, who every time he comes to WWE, he's singing every chance he can get. So I think it, it would have been a, a nice moment, but unfortunately, due to copyright issues and things of that nature, and money and all that crap, it, it just didn't happen. And, Unfortunately, we missed that moment, but I thought they still had a great uh, opening to WrestleMania 30. I mean, come on, Austin, Rock, Hogan in the ring together at the same time. It was still a pretty magical moment. You know, could have been more entertaining, could have they done sure they could have, but, uh, you know, it was a... Uh, it was a good moment, and I enjoyed WrestleMania 30, and uh, it's a shame they didn't get to sing that song, but I could understand why the WWE couldn't do it, like I said, because of you know certain legal things and copyright issues, they couldn't do it. And maybe, you know, globally, a lot of the fans wouldn't understand that that was from, you know, Louisiana, and it's, you know, that kind of, it would have been fitting locally, but globally and, you know, money-wise, it just couldn't be done. But it's unfortunate. I think Austin and Rock would have sold the hell out of it, and it would have been a lot of fun. All right, Dominic, what's your thoughts? Well, Stone Cold brought out a lot of good points. I never even knew that. I didn't know why they wouldn't let him do it and put the words up on the screen. You go to karaoke, that's what they do, and you can sing anybody's song you want. And didn't Austin used to sing in the ring? Didn't he sing Margaritaville or something? I'm sure they got Do you remember the kids that he sang with uh, Kurt Angle? Or, uh, you know, some something in the back. He did some kind of skit with Kurt oh, Angle, back. I remember. Yeah, wait, that's when he gave McMahon the cowboy hat, and he gave Kurt Angle the little straw hat with the string on it. They were singing... <laughs> Yeah, they were they was was singing. Classic. They were singing something. Him and Vince McMahon. But there are. Oh copyrights. my! If you watch ECW on the WWE Network, you would be ashamed because you remember in ECW when the guys would come out to you know classic, awesome you know rock and rock songs and stuff. Tommy Dreamer's Man in the Box. Man in the Box. Yep. They don't do that on the WWE Network. And on the WWE Network, they don't play those songs. They have these kind of fake rip-off songs, and it just makes me shake my head. And it's on the ECW oh, shows, right? Yeah, on the network because they See? don't want to deal with the copyright. They don't want to pay to have the original music played. You know, in ECW, they could get around it because they weren't a globally traded company. You know, they could get away with doing things under the table, but WWE... They can't. They got to play by the rules, and they got to do things, you know, according to the copyrights. And they don't want to pay. So if you go to watch ECW on the WWE Network, you're going to hear some rip-off songs of Enter Sandman and Man on the Box or Ravens, 
you know, uh, I forgot what Raven's song used to be. What about uh, Balls Mahoney? We got big balls. You got big balls. They don't play that either? They have rip-off songs. It, it's oh, not the, shit. Nah, see? Yeah, like a video game would sound over that. And uh, New Jack, what about him? Did you ever hear his version? The Gangsters, or, yeah. Yeah, oh, Gangsters in Paradise, yeah. Gangsters in Paradise. And WWE, you know, I'd, I'd have to watch it on the network. I didn't see him wrestle on the, the shows I watched. I know it's not the uh, original one, as Dominic said, that the name of it, Gangsters uh, Paradise. Yeah. You know, he used to come out with a whole bunch of people, like Spike, his old partner, Mustafa, you know. Oh, and that Mustafa, music. yeah. You remember Mustafa? Oh, my. Yeah, Mustafa Saeed, yeah. He started in WCW. Okay, let's go back to 1998. Steve Austin talking about the Undertaker in one of his famous matches where he got knocked out. All right, this one comes out of San Antonio, Texas. Oh, uh, Joe Gonzalez. Hey, Steve, I listen to your show from San Antonio. Thanks for the two cans of audio whoop-ass you give us each week. My question is, what is your favorite memory of working with The Undertaker? I got two favorite memories of working with The Undertaker, and they're not long, detailed stories. We was over in Kuwait one time, and it was a total cluster muck. Some rich person had bought about five shows. We were playing the same building five nights in a row, and we had a damn battle roll. And we ended up out there on the damn uh, side of the ring, and we started fighting, and there was Undertaker to my right, and I was fighting someone to my left. All of a sudden, I turned to my right, and Undertaker did that hair flip where he flips his hair back, and he looks at you real scary. And for some reason, it just made me laugh out loud real funny. And, and Taker, <laughs> Undertaker never, ever breaks character, but he started laughing too. And so, and so he had to throw his hair back down over his face so he didn't break uh, kayfabe. But that was one of the funniest stories that happened uh, with The Undertaker when I made him laugh. And I wasn't even trying to make him laugh there over in Kuwait. And my other favorite Undertaker story was the first time I ever worked with him. I think it was uh, it, when I was a stone cold anyway. But anyway, so I was stone cold. I was starting to get some uh, pretty good steam on me. I was working with Taker one night in the building. And, man, they dimmed all the lights, and everybody put their uh, cigarette lighters in the air. It was like a rock and roll concert. It was completely dark, and they started smoking that arena, and they smoked that highway, and they hit them damn purple lights or whatever it was. And in my brain, I had been thinking of a whole lot of things that I was going to do uh, with The Undertaker, how I was going to get my heat, what body part I was going to work, all these different things that I wanted to do with Taker. But I'd seen him do his entrance so many times on television, and it was always, Taker has one of the coolest gimmicks in the history of the wrestling business, first and foremost. But the way he walked down that aisle, it was like, here he comes. And that damn feeling was so overwhelming I didn't know whether to crap or wind my watch. I remember the match with Undertaker, but the entrance that he made was so mind-boggling, I completely zoned out and forgot every single thing I wanted to do with the Undertaker. And it ended up being a very mechanical back-and-forth match. But making his ass laugh in Kuwait and me forgetting everything I wanted to do in a match 
was the two times that I remember with The Undertaker the most. No, you know, there was another one. Swig a beer real quick. We was working in uh, Madison Square Garden, New York City. It was a Highway to Hell match. We had a deal in there. It was going to be some uh, action in the ring. I was going to hit the ropes. Taker went in for the backdrop. And when he went for the backdrop, I kicked him right in his chest. And he just straightened up vertical real fast. And as soon as he straightened up, I mean, it pow, hit me in the bottom of my chin. I dropped like a 250-pound sack of potatoes right there in the middle of the ring, Madison Square Garden, Highway to Hell, pay-per-view, me and The Undertaker, main event, Earl Hebner, the referee. I had never, up until that point in my life, ever been knocked unconscious from anything, whether it was being in a car wreck, playing football, getting in a fight, nothing. That I was knocked out in the middle of the ring in Madison Square Garden, live on pay-per-view. I didn't go out long. He just flashed me, but I was out. Earl bent down at me. He goes, God dang, boy. He goes, you okay? And I was laying on my back looking up at Earl in the lights, and I said, where am I? <laughs> and Earl started laughing. It was on pay-per-view. He goes, damn, boy. He goes, you in the garden. And them Hebners are from Virginia, so they got that crazy accent. that all the, you know, I love their accent, the Virginia accent. I said, I was, where am I? He goes, damn, boy, you in the garden. <laughs> so uh, the match kind of sucked ass after that because I don't remember too much of what happened. I made it through the match, but there was three instances that I remember uh, very vividly happening with The Undertaker. Let's move on to the next. Wow, what a story, J.J. What's your opinion? Oh, man, I was cracking up just listening to it. I mean, Undertaker, Austin, they've obviously had some, you know, very memorable matches. You know, Austin and, you know, Taker, Taker are part of the ministry, and they had their back and forth. I remember, I kind of remember that, you know, uh, Highway to Hell match, right? I have to watch it again just to see Taker, Taker you know, knock out, you know, Steve. I mean, that that's that's funny as hell, man. I definitely have to see that, especially when he said that he was so just in awe of Undertaker's entrance. I mean, really, when you look at wrestling and the, the showmanship and the spectacle, is there really anyone who really personifies that more than the Undertaker, the artistry of the entrance and the music and coming, you know, as one and walking down that aisle with the smoke and hearing the gong and they shut the lights off and you have you know, at the time when it was the Attitude Era, they had lighters. Of course, now they have their iPhones. But uh, it's definitely just a polarizing moment. And I can only imagine what it would feel like to actually be inside the ring and watching Taker come closer and closer and closer and then raise the lights. I mean, damn, I would forget what the hell to do in the match, too. I mean, it's, uh, ah, what an amazing moment. Just cool to hear from Steve telling you some stuff behind the scenes and, you know, breaking kayfabe and when Undertaker kind of flipped his hair back and rolled his eyes in his head and Austin just kind of looked at him and go, what the hell? He just started laughing. He just broke out laughing, and by him doing that, then Taker started laughing. He had to put the hair over his face so, you know, the dead man isn't, you know, laughing his ass off. So just really cool, fun stories by Stone Cold Steve Austin. And, of course, that was SummerSlam 98, which I was at with Jeff in the second row where you got wow. to keep your chair. 
And uh, Dominic, what's your thoughts on what Mr. Austin said? Austin, Austin made that whole thing hysterical. My God, I could just see him <laughs> yeah. in the ring laughing and may, and and forcing and causing Undertaker to laugh, because Undertaker never breaks character, never. Yeah. And for Austin to do it, you know Austin's got something special going on. And Undertaker, too. His entrance is just unbelievable that even, especially when it comes out with the Druids, and they really make a big procession out of it. That'll put chills up your spine for real. It's just so awesome to see his entrance. Yeah. Oh, you are totally on the money with that. Blackjack Stone Cold, you were on the biography channel talking about Stone Cold. You know him. What's your thoughts on what he said about that match? One of the greatest wrestlers that I've ever met in my entire life. Definitely, he was and still is one of the tops in the field of, of wrestling. Real, real great guy. Steve Austin definitely changed the uh, landscape of WWE in the late 90s, as Hogan did in the early 90s and late 80s, as Cena, unfortunately, is doing in the 2000s. And uh, no one can hold that excitement like Austin did. You know, I wish he can come back uh, under the way he wrestles with, with The Rock. I mean, great matches like that, you know, and... This is whole persona. He was interested in the acting, and that that would have been good. Uh, there was talk of uh, him yeah, and Hogan that, and, and Rock and uh, They can that He idea. was quite mad at Owen Hart for you know that that accident that happened in New Jersey. Right, that's the, just what it was an accident. It was an accident, and he got through it. God bless right, him. Right in the guard. Yeah. And I'm sure you remember that, Dominic, uh, SummerSlam 97, when uh, Stone Cold's in his prime there. and then, Yeah, that messed up our uh, hanging out night that night. Oh, my. That was awful to watch it, it, when you watch that in slow-mo. Oh, my. Oh, my. And, J.J., you probably remember it, too, as well, right? Yeah, I definitely remember that pile driver that was just uh, went wrong, and unfortunately it broke Austin's neck, and he was pretty much, he looked paralyzed. I mean, he couldn't move. I don't know if he even knew where he was, and Owen had to stall for time, and Austin he somehow... He never the same after that either. No, in fact, I'm glad you kind of brought that up because I was just watching on the WWE Network a match between Austin and Bret Hart at WrestleMania 13, and what a phenomenal oh. match was. And one of the reasons why is because I saw Mr. Black Jack Brown ringside. I think he was behind the legends, uh, Lou Albano and maybe yes, Tony Atlas. We were sitting together, Captain Lou and myself. Yeah. That was another I, great night. I saw you guys on the network. It was so cool. Wow. <laughs> wow. So now you're a part of the network, Black Jack. Congratulations. <laughs> oh, you didn't know? You're asking hey. somebody. Uh, okay, our final clip. Let's hear some of the raw guys 
talking about the staying experience. Are you? Of course, of course. I'm going to be in the same video game as Sting. This is going to be sick. It's going to be awesome, especially with all the stuff 2K is doing, with all the face recognition, sweat dripping off people. The mm, It's going to be so good. It's going to be so good. And considering that I am the world champion of 2K Sports, winning the tournament at WrestleMania, yes, real thing, I'm the champ. I've got a championship, and it's legit. Sting is going to be in this game. Pre-order it, get it. Uh, I'm going to do it. Everybody else better do it. You don't do it because you're not going to play video games. Probably not, but I don't know. I, I, could, I could do it. I could do it. But the bigger what, question is, uh, I do play games. What do you play? I play Mario Kart. Uh, I'm down with Mario Kart. Okay, good, okay, good, cool good. Proceed. But will you be playing in the tournament again as Sting? No, I'm going to be playing in the tournament as myself. Ah, uh, okay. Of course, Sting is going to be a great pick, but, you know, if I can beat me and beat everybody, then that's the best case scenario. I'm a big video game guy, but an even bigger Sting fan. You know, Sting, if you didn't know this, he came to my first grade birthday party. I actually have a picture right here on my Instagram. Check it out. Z-Rider85. But I later found out in life it wasn't really Sting. It was just my dad's friend from the gym with baby powder in his hair. But still, Sting was at my birthday party. That's what I'm going to tell you. Does it impress you? That's very impressive okay, to me. Yeah. But Sting is back in the WWE family. I can't wait by the video game. Or, you know, want to play together? I, I could play. I mean, yeah, yeah we'll yeah. set up a time. Yeah, we'll cool. set something up. All right. Tweet me or call me or something like that. Kofi, you yeah. just heard the big announcement that... <laughs> ah, what's up, bro? My man, yes, Kofi. Sir. What's up, Big E? Well, since you know. you're here, E, you heard it too. Sting in 2K15. Two generations of Sting. What do you guys think? I mean, look, I was up there in the gorilla position. I was getting goosebumps because I was such a big Sting fan. And two generations of Sting in the same video game, dude. I felt them too. The goosebumps, man. I felt them. I, man, I grew up on Sting. Yeah. Very excited. I mean, especially being a video game fan, like this is huge news. Huge without the H. Huge. You know what I'm saying? Like huge news. No Trust me. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. I like huge it. I news. Like huge yeah, news. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I take it I can expect the two of you to be playing as soon as it comes out. 100%. Of course. Of course. On that PS3, I've yet to get the PS4. I'm a little behind. I'm a little yeah. behind, but I'll, I'll be on it. I will be on it. But yeah, yeah, it's exciting news, man. We grew up on Sting. Yeah, nope. Yeah, very excited. Well, JJ, what do you think of the wrestlers making their comments on Sting? They're making him like uh, as big as he is. Well, these wrestlers and that were video game. Zach Ryder, Kofi Kingston, Big E. These are the guys who, you know, for the most part, are you know my age. We grew up watching Sting. So, I mean, of course they're fans at heart. At heart, you know, they remember watching Sting having, you know, classics with Ric Flair and so many others in, you know, WCW and NWA and even before that. But uh, it's just, it was a huge moment. And if you saw the trailer that was uh, shown yesterday during Raw, it was done with such an excellent job. Uh, we've heard about the trailer a few months ago that WWE were hiring people and they wanted to get people dressed up wearing a Sting makeup. And if you saw the trailer, you heard that classic theme song with the violins playing, and you saw this orchestra, you know, playing that theme, and you saw a man in a trench coat, 
and there was a baseball bat walking by, and then all of a sudden the orchestra stops, and they turn around, and everyone in the orchestra is wearing the Sting face paint, and then all of a sudden you see that mysterious man turn around, and it's Sting, and it's the first time you ever saw Sting on WWE television, something that was made specifically for WWE. So it was a huge moment to see that trailer, and it was a huge moment for a lot of fans. I know it was just a video game. A lot of people, of course, went online on social media, and they bitched and they complained, and, oh, it's just a stupid video game. Who cares? It was still a great moment, and nobody should take away from it. It was done really nice. Would I have loved for Sting to make his debut? Of course, but it didn't happen. But instead, we got the video game. And as Kofi Kingston mentioned, you get two Stings, two generations. Of course, the modern-day black and white face paint Sting. But, of course, you even get the classic Sting with the yellow bleached hair and the you know colorful makeup. You get both Stings, and you have to pre-order WWE 2K15. Go to GameStop. Go to Amazon.com. Pre-order. That is the only way you're going to get the Sting off right out of the gate. Uh, if you want to get Sting, you're going to have to wait probably months later for them to release it online. But if you want to get it on day one, then you have to pre-order. But uh, I thought it was a really cool trailer, and I thought it was well-made. It was a great job. And when I watched it, I did get goosebumps, too. Uh, absolutely. How do you think the uh, game came off, Dominic, on TV? Yeah, it came off good. I'm not a game guy, um, but just seeing Sting on a WWE yeah. program is, yeah. is is unbelievable in itself. That was monumental and something you'd never think you'd see, almost like Shawn Michaels. You'd never see him in the TNA show. Yeah, That's a very good point. That would be interesting if Sean ever was in DNA, but I somehow doubt that. Yeah. Uh, Blackjack, uh, Sting, uh, now he's in the video game. Uh, Will he, uh, let's set the record straight. Will he be at WrestleMania? He'll be accepting that Hall of Fame award. That you can rest assured. So oh, he is going good. to like accept that. the WWE Hall of Fame award this at this year's WrestleMania. He might as well. It is one match up on people. for the WWE or WWF. Okay. Somehow that just doesn't work right. I know they've done it with other guys, but they always had a connection or something to do with the WWE. They if Sting they, just goes they in there. They got to do something new. Um, they, they need to, to bring Sting and bring him back as strong as as he was. But there are a lot of fans still don't know, WWE fans don't know who Sting is. Daniel Bryan is still stronger named than the, uh, Sting. They got to do a lot with yesterday. It was man, trending man, like crazy. That was just a blurb, man. I mean, that wasn't. They should have uh, had. Uh, fans know they should have had that spot that Ric Flair had. They should have put that in with uh, Sting. They put a put Sting in with um, uh, the the uh, Chris Jericho situation. And and in reality, 
but they're not doing it yet because he still is not under a WWE contract. He's under a Legends contract. That's how they bring him in. Yeah, I read that today. That Sting actually didn't sign anything yet. I've been telling the King for months. That's how it well, was going I'm asking you if he came you're going to be a WrestleMania. Like the ultimate warrior. Do you warrior think he's going to be at WrestleMania? Yes or no? Is, Do you think he'll be at WrestleMania? Yes. Yes or no? Yes. So without a contract, according to you, he has, he's he, going to be at WrestleMania. These contracts for, formulate differently of of his uh, it's through, uh stature here. This man is going through contracts um, like you never heard of before. He's got his own kind of a contract. He had an exclusive contract with uh, TBS, Turner Person. He was the only wrestler like that. This guy is unique of the contract setup that he has. He is a unique individual, and they will treat him as so. With a lot of respect, they're not just well, throwing him in there like this. Sting is highly respected among his peers. I re- I, uh, I hardly ever run into anybody who has anything negative to say about Sting. And you are Sting correct. Am act. I saying anything different? I'm just saying. No, I'm of just the contract just, just of what that he statement. has. He's got a, a no. Uh, he's got a certain kind of a no complete clause, but he's been ready to jump ship in uh, 2013. But he definitely he had something going with that video game. He had to have a contract to, to do that video game, whether Which it's just true. the WWE or 2K. That, that's, a, that's another way of saying you're, you're with us. That's another way of saying it. A lot of these wrestlers. And we all remember what happened with the Warriors when he started out with the video game. He doesn't have a WWE contract. Uh, X-Pac, he don't have a WWE contract. They got the Legends contract. That Legends contract is a a different deal altogether. Ask Bill, uh, ask Bob Morenon. He'll tell you about that as well. He's been on on, on some of those uh, shoots. Well, look, you know, if Sting comes in as a lot of fans want him to, it will bring back, as somebody said earlier, a lot of the older fans because Sting is a big name. He goes with the greats of Ric Flair, uh, Dusty Rhodes, and all those guys from the NWA original town, and he's still got it. And I say let the man have at least one more year and let him call it a night. Yeah, and uh, that w- w- I would hope as a and wrestling he'll, fan. And he'll have it. As a wrestling fan, I think everybody would agree that we would like to see Sting wrestle for at least a year. So uh, we'll keep tabs on that. And this Sunday is the big pay-per-view. And... Uh, JJ, I believe you said Cena, right? To retain? Yeah, you know, that's what I think. Dominic, who did you say? I want it to be Kane, but I think it's going to be Cena. Blackjack? Cena or Kane? I think it's going to be Cena. 
I want Kane, but I I think Cena's going to win it. It's just going to be them two. And, and, well, the, the end result of... And the other guy is... Uh, Roman. Who's the other guy? Rollins? Or... Uh, Roman. Oh, Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns. Reigns. I'm looking for a swerve here. I'm looking for something to happen that you wouldn't uh, think that it's going to be Cena. I don't see Cena walking out of there with that belt. I, I, I think a whole new thing should uh, will probably start happening uh, Sunday. This will be the start of it, between Sunday and Monday. I'm I still looking so. for Roman Reigns. I'm still looking to sh- for the Shield to the, uh, walk out of there with these belts, even though it might be a little bit too soon. But I think probably and, the uh, uh, before we get out of here, JJ, did you notice how much they were trying to hack the uh, WWE Network? I mean, Maran, they must have said it about 10 to 20 times. Sign up for the WWE Network for free up until midnight, up until midnight. Please sign up. <laughs> I mean, well, with the commercial factor, would you? They're doing everything they can to get people to sign up. They want people to subscribe. We already know that the first quarter, they didn't exactly get the numbers that they wanted. They didn't fail. They didn't get below what they wanted, but they wanted higher numbers. We're coming across the second quarter of numbers. They already have about, I think they want to have at least eight to about 850,000 subscribers. I think that's their goal. Anything lower would be a little bit of a disappointment. They don't want below 800,000 subscribers. They want people to subscribe, especially because we're coming across the six-month rate where fans are deciding whether or not they want to renew and continue to pay $9.99 for the next six months or whether they want to cancel their subscription. So they're doing everything they can to get last-minute people who don't have the network to subscribe, and they're doing whatever they can to get people who are already member already subscribed to stay subscribed. As I mentioned before, they aired the CM Punk special tonight on the WWE Network, and yesterday after Raw was over, it was very fitting that they announced Sting uh, for the video game because following Monday Night Raw on the WWE Network, they had the best of Monday Nitro, in which you saw... That was another thing they kept pushing. Yes, so they're doing everything. It was almost like, we'll show you anything. Just order the network. (laughs) Yes. They want that. The days of pay-per-views are over. You know, pay-per-views are becoming a relic. It's the old thing. The WWE Network is the new medium. It's the new business model, the new standard, the new measuring stick. It's what they are pushing, and they're going to shove it down your throat each and every week. Absolutely. Everybody have a good week. We will be back tomorrow night at 9 p.m. talking uh, legal news and uh, back here Tuesday. JJ, Dominic, and Blackjack.
Ryan, I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun, Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.